Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is the show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. That is right. I'm very excited for today's episode. We got new backgrounds. We're changing it up. We're attacking it from a different angle. It's coming all over. But Devin, what'd you do this weekend? I went to the rodeo. Okay. I channeled because we, you know, we're covering some older Taylor today or a mix of Taylor. I felt like I had to get to the root of country Taylor. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I that's went 100% to the rodeo. The reason. Mm-hmm. Dedicated, dedicated co-host going to, uh, go to the rodeo. Potentially putting myself at risk. Okay, so let uh, me. I've seen the pictures. You definitely put yourself at risk. Oh, my God. Let me. Okay. You're making it sound like I was irresponsible. To an extent, just for going, potentially, but I took the necessary precautions when I was there. I had sent Joe and a couple friends a picture. So this rodeo, there was a bunch of people, and a lot of them weren't wearing masks. You could probably tell by the demographic. It's like, eh, all right. But anyways, so I get there. Me and the person I went with, we both wore masks, and we had looked in the arena setting, and both sides were like, pretty packed but there was a middle section that was near like where the cows would come out I guess Uh, so the view wasn't fantastic but there was like not a lot of people around there so I said bet so me and him sat right in the middle with a good chunk around us we put our feet in front of us so no one would sit directly there Uh, we just kind of monitored and made sure no one really got too close and honestly, that's the best that I can do. I'm honestly closer to people at my job because I can't work remotely. And this is outside. So I felt a little bit better about it. With, is the place like because we're also in the northeast of the United States, not very rodeo country to my knowledge. Well, I mean, in this particular area, I think so. It's funny because I was telling friends and people that I work with that I was going to the rodeo and all of them immediately knew like, "Oh, you're going to this one." And I'm like, "Yeah." Is it is it is it the same place there's like a flea market there mm-hmm. too, right? Yep. All right, I know exactly where you were cuz I used to go there all the time as a kid. Yeah. Which 100%. is crazy. I had never been to the This was my first rodeo. You were <laughs> Oh my gosh. You were posting pictures and I'm like, that sounds really familiar. That can't be the same place mm-hmm. that I went to as a kid. Um, but I didn't go for the rodeo. I went for the flea markets. Um, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Was it fun? Like, what was it? It was, honestly, if it wasn't because of COVID, like, I would have gone again. I mean, this was the last one of the season anyways. But it's fun. I think people are just, you know, they're going to do whatever they want right now. So you can really only do precautions that like for you but it was fun i mean i i love the barrel racing you know the girls on the horses just darting around the barrels trying to make record time um the bull riding people just getting knocked off the bulls was crazy um there was one section so and i have people who you know do this stuff or used to do it back in the day and they were explaining to me like the cows don't get hurt it's just like you know, they get up and run off afterwards. So, but there was one where there was a guy on a horse and he had to ride up next, like chase after the cow, little bull, whatever, and just grab it and take it down, like tackling him. And it was muddy and rainy kind of. 
So it was. That sounds like quite the that show. Sounds, it sounds like a great show. It sounds like something I would hate to be a part of. Oh, 100%. Like, I can't. I'm not not mud. Get out of here. I'm I not, personally like, I'm not, not identified like. with the rodeo clown. <laughs> For my life choices, I am a rodeo clown. <laughs> yes. But it was fun. Would I do it again? Maybe in different circumstances. But it was something I've never done before. And it was a cool experience. And now I get to say, hey, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> now you can say it. Yeah. Um, I think this might just be the alcoholic in me, but I feel like definitely if like after COVID getting like going, drinking and enjoying it, I think it would be, it would make it, take it to another level for me. I think I would People enjoy it. People were still doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> people were bringing giant coolers. Well, at one point I would look around and I was like, oh, people brought drinks. We should have brought something. And this lady who was like kind of to the front left of us turns around and she goes, oh, do you want a drink? And I'm like. No. <laughs> no. Not from you, no. Yeah. I'm like, I I'm okay. She's like, okay, just let me know. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Nancy. <laughs> okay. All right. We got a lot of show to get to. Uh we are doing something a little bit different this week. Devin, what are we doing? So after 14 straight episodes of analyzing and reacting to folklore, all things folklore, we're going to take a quick pause. You might be a little fatigued from folklore. You might want to see some other things. So we're going to interject with a non-folklore topic. We got a couple requests from people, a couple viewers, a couple friends to cover this topic. So today we will be discussing all things bonus tracks. I love that. From I'm Taylor so excited Swift. for this yes. one. Okay. All right. So let's get some context. I mean, I, I hate to like, I don't want to like oversell, but like, what is a bonus track? Like what, what, are, what is the criteria we're going on here? Cause there's, there's a lot of different kinds of songs that Taylor's released, be it bonus track, be it um, demos or mm -hmm. unreleased songs, things like that. So what are we specifically talking about on this episode when we say bonus track? So for the purposes of this episode, a bonus track is a song included on a deluxe version of an album. So not the standard mm -hmm. edition. It's the deluxe or the platinum or whatever edition of an album, which is usually but not always placed at the end of an album. It's usually added to the album. I think um, Fearless Platinum Edition is the only time. And it's like they like put that in the front for some yep. reason, mm -hmm. which is odd. Um, all right, so uh, the reason there's a couple of reasons that people would uh, release a bonus track or an artist would release a bonus track. Uh, for number one, uh, for the marketing reason, and we'll get into a little bit more of this as we go down, but um, it does give people a reason to buy a deluxe edition instead of a standard edition. Or if you really want to screw over your fan base, uh, I mean, love them to pieces, you can, they will have already bought the regular edition and then you release the bonus, tra uh, bonus one later and they will buy that one. Um, so it just is another way to increase sales and get people to buy more CDs, uh, back, especially back in the earlier days when CDs were the, the focal point of the music industry. Uh, another reason is, especially with Taylor, she just might've had a lot of songs and like some of them just weren't good enough to make the cut of the album. Um, they might not fit the general theme or the storyline or what she had going on, but she didn't want to just like leave the song on the cutting room floor. They still wanted it out. Or there's just, in a lot of cases with Taylor, they're just different versions of the songs that she had that she wasn't, that wasn't the, the one that she 
settled on being the the optimal one, but wanted to see what other people thought or like give people the option to listen to it. Kind of like uh, a 14 minute version of All Too Well. Never get over that. Maybe one day. All right. So let's go over this topic. Let's dive deep. Um, we're just going to quickly outline Taylor's history with bonus tracks. So we looked on Spotify and then did some other research. But if you look on Spotify, self-titled, technically there is no deluxe version. But when you actually look into what was released back in the day versus what we have now, the deluxe version is on Spotify. That is technically the entire album. So what isn't on Spotify was the Best Buy digital download. The first week that it was dropped, I Heart Question Mark was on that rendition. So it is not on a streaming platform at the moment. Which is really upsetting to me. Like, I love that song. Not obviously not like top tier or anything, but like it's such like a nice high, high school song. It honestly, just a quick side note, it just reminds me so much of how country taylor was back in the day mm-hmm. like i was listening to it on the way back from work and it's just so twangy and yeah yeah uh yeah. so then the deluxe edition we have three songs i'm only me when i'm with you invisible and a perfectly good heart and then on the 2008 reissue edition uh it was just teardrops on my guitar the pop version which is interesting and we'll yes. we'll get more into like how she releases or why she releases or just mm-hmm. the the alternate versions later. Yeah. Then we have the Fearless Platinum Edition with six bonus tracks. We have Jump Then Fall, Untouchable, Forever and Always Piano Version, Coming with the Rain, Superstar, and The Other Side of the Door. Then we go into Speak Now with another six bonus tracks. Uh, She's just pumping them out. We have ours, which. Another quick side note. I had no idea ours. Me either. Was I was thinking that the track. entire time. Mm-hmm. Entire time. Like, we went through it. And I'm like, what? This is like a popular song. Why is this a bonus track? Yeah. That's so funny that we had the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if this was a movie, Superman, Back to December acoustic version, Haunted acoustic version, and Mine pop mix. Then we go on to Red, another six bonus tracks. We have The Moment I Knew, Come Back, Be Here, Girl at Home, Treacherous Original Demo Recording, Red Original Demo Recording, and State of Grace Acoustic Version. And then 1989, they have the Deluxe Edition, which is three songs. There are six total things, but three of them were voice memos, so I didn't include them. But Wonderland, You Are in Love, and New Romantics. And then zero for reputation, zero for lover, and one for folklore being the lakes. That's so interesting. Like, I definitely want to, like, spend some time talk for one. Because you see, there's, like, a, a – it's it's steady, too. Like, there's five for self-titled, six, 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 three, zero, zero, one. And, and if you look at it, let's see. Uh, 1989 came out in 2014, which I think is like when we start to get to the the peak of streaming, like Spotify, Apple Music, like all of that stuff starts to really take over. Yeah. Um, which I think could be a reason why they went, they dropped the number. I don't know. Why do you think they they dropped? Why do you think we, especially with Reputation Lover, just none. 
Well, so here's my my opinion. I think 1989, they released six things. I think that she wanted to try something new with the voice memo. So, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting that in half completely makes sense. You're still getting the same amount of bonus content. It's just not bonus songs. But then you get to Reputation. And Reputation kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Again, her comeback. I think that she didn't need bonus tracks for Reputation. I feel like that was a very cut and dry, this is Reputation. And then you get to Lover. Lover, I feel like, could have had bonus tracks. If it really wanted to, Lover could have had bonus tracks. But again, from a business standpoint, if you are making all of your money from streaming, what's the point of a bonus song if you're not going to make revenue from it? From Mm -hmm. physical copies or... Which is exactly what she ended up doing with Folklore. Mm -hmm. With, you know, the lakes. I agree. Yeah, no, I think also with Reputation, like, yeah, I don't think Reputation was a planned album by any stretch. And I think it was very much a, this is an album I just have to make right now. It's in the moment. It's a time timed thing for me to do. And there's no time for me to, like, I don't think there were any excess tracks that got cut. I think it was just, these are all the tracks that I want to do. These are all the tracks that are coming out. Yeah, I mean, I, I could think, be wrong. I think but... Reputation was planned because I think you have to be very strategic in your comeback. So I don't think it was kind of thrown together. Like, I don't think that of reputation. I think it was a very strategic plan. And because it was so strategic, she didn't feel like she had to add more. I feel like this was just, here's my statement. Goodbye. Mm. I don't, I don't want to say that I think it was rushed by any mm. means or anything like that. Because, I mean, it's still a masterpiece. I well, yeah. She could probably rush a masterpiece. But, like, I don't know. I think, like... I guess I'm, I might be just misremembering. But I feel like it was, like, a, it was like a very in-the-moment record. Lover, I can see, it already has it has seventeen tracks on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think. I mean, it could it could have a bonus track, but I don't think it needed to. No. And I, I think we had the same reason, like we said, like with the streaming and everything. I don't think she needed to. But I also noticed, like, Reputation, Lover, and Folklore, the ones with the the fewest bonus tracks. She instead employed a new way to sell records and and actual physical CDs by Reputation. They had two bonus. Uh, bonus editions that you could buy at Target, which I bought both of, that had two different magazines that are in a closet somewhere in my apartment that I don't know where they are, which is great. Spent my money really well. Also don't know where the second CD went. But oh, good. <laughs> um, and then Lover had four different versions that you could buy instead of any bonus tracks. And then Folklore had eight, which we already compl- I already complained about enough that I don't need to go into that any farther. But I think like she's just instead of doing more songs, she's just giving supplemental like you said with 1989, just going with supplemental content that's like not exactly music, but like here's more art and more poems or more behind the scenes stuff that's like more collectible kind of filling that void, which I don't know if it really is. I still really like her bonus song. Yeah. I had a couple of theories with it. Um, number one being that, like, when you're laying the groundwork for a new or budding artist in the industry, it, it, there's a lot of promotion that goes with it. And having these bonus tracks will help with selling and raising awareness mm-hmm. and, and elongating a marketing cycle. So, like, when she was first coming out, like, having all of these strings of, like, here's a bonus album at Best Buy. Here's this. Here's that. It just keeps her in the the, the news media longer mm-hmm. uh, and keeping her relevant longer. Yeah. Uh, n- and now that she's, like, an absolute icon, she doesn't really need the additional promotion. Everything she does is promotion anymore. And I also think, like, she had a bank of songs that she had written when she was a kid or a teenager. Like, she has, like, 
she just like wrote like crazy amount of songs and then just had to get them out and like occasionally she's like all right here throw this as a bonus track here but uh, and then as she now she's writing as she goes more she doesn't just have a bank but i just noticed you added to my note here i think she <laughs> definitely has a bank and that haunts me every night i can see it just thinking about all the unreleased songs that she just has sitting around untouched unreleased oh that's another because i remember where we going over when we were looking up she posted something like she sent something to aaron desner uh that was like a voice memo and it was like voice memo 198 or something like it was like an astronomical number mm-hmm. and it was like geez taylor how many voice memos do you have on your phone so many like i i don't know if there if she has a bank of like finished songs but she definitely has like a no. bank of like when when will this fit into the record that i'm doing and she can like kind of shop them 100 percent from dating a musician i know 100 percent. there's just hundreds of I mean, and that's from someone who, you know, has been making music for probably half the time that she has. And he had like hundreds of just clips and startings Mm -hmm. and things. So she probably has thousands. Uh, That does. I don't need this now because that's going to haunt me. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. But like and like we said, bonus tracks are an incentive to buy physical copies of an album. And and since Red physical media has really been on the decline and I mean, it severely limits the need or the use of them. And I think she just did get really creative in new ways to like give you a reason to buy a physical CD instead of just, Oh, here's some extra songs that you're going to get on Spotify anyway. And exactly like, you know, she got very creative. There are collectibles, there are signed editions, there are different artwork, there's different things included. And the whole reason because of that is you make substantially more money when you buy a physical copy of an album rather than even streaming an album or mm-hmm. streaming a song. You're making, I forget the numbers. This is what I it's went to like, school it's, for, but. It's not even pennies on the dollar. Like it's it's fractions of pennies per yep. stream. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Someone like Taylor Swift, who I went through and I did, we looked at Spotify streams for every one of these bonus songs to kind of map them out. She's probably making, I don't know, maybe not even a million, but maybe a million dollars. She's making mad money. Spotify. She's like, making mad money, but yeah, it's just not it's not viable for a majority of artists. Yeah. Like, unless you are Taylor Swift level famous, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be make you're making your bank from CDs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So we went through and we made a spreadsheet again, which I'm really excited about. Joe made the spreadsheet, I clicked onto it, went, Oh. <laughs> and then I filled out my section. So credit goes to him. I, I love making spreadsheets so much. Uh, so that was one of the reasons I was really excited about doing this episode because I haven't had a chance to like break some stuff down in the spreadsheets with Taylor, run some formulas or anything like that. Uh, so I went through Spotify for all of the uh, bonus tracks. For this specific thing, I did cut out – I do still have the streams, but I cut out like acoustic versions or alternate versions of songs just to – just like because they're not – original songs so i just thought they would be easier to cut out for this one and there's a lot of issues with this kind of data and doing it in this way and there are certain things that like i want to mention i'm going to throw out the same disclaimer that i threw out when we did spotify songs the last time with unpopular songs um these songs will definitely skew towards newer songs and the reason being uh one taylor was a a single 
country star which has it which limits her audience very much so for a majority of her career until red where she split it between country pop and then 1989 where she opened up to a whole new slew of like i think 1989 is really her i hate to say it but her breakout album because it just drew in a whole new fan base of people that otherwise would like i have a lot of friends that did not like taylor swift at all and then 1989 came out she's like okay yeah i like this now um so I think th- – so that's going to skew a lot of the numbers. People are going to listen to 1989 more than they do self-titled Red, Fearless, Spake Now, all of that because it's just – it's not as broad of an audience. Also, Spotify came out and started picking up steam, like we said, around 1989. So people are going to be listening to the new stuff, not so much go back to the old stuff that they may have already been listening to for um, a lot. Um so these numbers aren't perfect, but they do give us a little bit of a gauge of how popular these songs are and how much people like them. So I'm not going to run through all the numbers for all of them, but I did two different calculations on them. So I did the average number of listens that each song had and then the total number of listens that that CD had. So for self-titled, the average number of streams that the three uh, bonus tracks had uh, was 11 million and 11 million just I'm just gonna say round down is 11 million point one, uh, 11.1 million I think is the right way to say mm-hmm. it. whatever, uh, and then total was uh, 33 million 33.5 million, uh, which isn't that many, uh, which makes sense. I, I, my personal preference here, I think all of these songs are trash. Um, and again, when I say that Taylor Swift doesn't make trash, these are all like 89s and 90s, but still trash. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I agree, but I'm only me when I'm only me when I'm with you was one of my favorites when I was younger, and I'm like, oh, mm. nostalgia. I do say like it is it is nostalgia, and it's something like I'll I'll bring up towards the end about like these songs specifically from Speak Now to Self Titled, but uh, Fearless, the average uh, number of streams actually less than excuse me Self Titled was 10.7 million, which is Actually, now that I'm looking at it, kind of shocking. But I guess, like, there were also a lot of them. And there was, like, a couple that really, like, uh, Jumped and Fall and Untouchable really kind of skewed it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest weren't nearly as popular, even though that's a, an absolute travesty. travesty. Um, and they totaled 53.4 million uh, streams. Speak Now, another one with, I guess, this one only has three because only three original bonus tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took out, like, I think Back to December was insane skewing the, the results. Um, but Speak Now had 18.4 million uh, average view or average streams and then 55.1 million total. Red, another three with three uh, non original songs, but the original songs actually all fairly even. Mm-hmm. Uh, was 16.7 million and then 50.2 million in stream. So we're starting to like, you're starting to notice there's a trend, like aside from self-titled it's they're totaling around 50 million streams each album. And then we get to 1989 when everyone and their mother was like, Oh my God, Taylor Swift. She's a pop idol now. Um, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my nerd voice. Uh, otherwise known as my normal speaking voice. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> the average was 30, 35 million uh, streams for this record. And then 
a whopping 105.2 million streams for just these three bonus tracks. Because they're all perfection, but I'll talk about that later. Two-thirds of them are all perfection. Uh, Folklore obviously only had the one, so the average is the same as the uh, total and is the same as the regular, which is just 11.8. That's a newer one. Uh, I also have a feeling like it's nowhere going to – I don't want to say it, but I do feel like – I feel like she might have peaked a little bit in like – with 1989, maybe Reputation – in terms of bonus tracks or in terms of career? Definitely in terms of bonus. Not in career. Okay. No. I don't think she has a peak uh, in terms of career. Maybe, I mean, it's weird to say, maybe, like, on the broader spectrum, it's possible she has. Um, I don't know how Folklore has done compared to them, but, like, looking at streaming numbers, like, 1989, Reputation, like, those were astronomical. Yeah. Lover, I think, had a small dip. We'll have to do another episode of that. It did, is Taylor Swift in decline? <laughs> Opinion piece. What uh, We think no, but the world says. <laughs> yeah, so Lakes, obviously much lower than all of them, but it, it has a lot of things going against it. But, I mean, 11 million streams, it's already, it's already higher than most of the songs from Fearless, most of the songs from Speak Now, most of the ones from Self-Titled. So, I mean, it, it has room for growth. I just think two comments really quick, jumping back. If you look at Fearless, the fact that the least streamed bonus track off Fearless is the other side of the door, only by 100,000, but that is insane to me. That is the best one. It bothers me. I I disagree. I I know you disagree, but... But, but because I think when we were doing the unpopular songs, like, Jump Than Fall was was more popular than a song on the actual album itself. Wow. Which is nuts to me. Like there is a, I think it was the only instance of that, but yeah, it was one of the times like, and this is something I, I was going to mention and that I want to talk about is the fact that like, where I was going through these and like, I've been a Taylor Swift fan since I would say around the time fearless came out, maybe a little bit later. Um, but it was around fearless speak. Now that was like the height. And when I did, I just downloaded her entire back catalog, but I didn't pay attention to, what was bonus, what wasn't. And mm-hmm. then I got obsessed and eventually grew out of that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um, but I downloaded like all of the like unreleased songs, Daddy, When Daddy Let Me Drive, like all of these like ridiculous, crazy extra versions of stuff. And it got to a point where I just didn't know what was a bonus track and what was an album release. And I think, and we, we mentioned this a little bit while we were preparing for this episode, but like that's special. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially, I, I specifically point out Fearless, but we can also point out ours if this was a movie, Superman. Like, a lot of these songs, you listen to them, and you're like, is this a bonus track, or is this the regular version? And to be able to not distinguish that, like, these songs are that high of quality that you you just assume they're on the actual record. I can name, I was, just today, uh, I, I'm getting back into Fall Out Boy. I was listening to From Under the Cork Tree, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And I found a, a a bonus track or a couple of bonus tracks that I never knew existed on this album. And I listened to it and I'm like, these are not the best. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I, I was really excited because I'm like, oh my God, new follow music, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, okay, yeah, I can skip these. I don't even need to like these and add them to my Spotify. Mm-hmm. These are not the best. And you look at Taylor and like, they're all good. Like they're all 
on album quality songs. I just can't even, I, I mean, we said it before, I'll say it again. The fact that ours is just so yeah. drastically higher than the other two. I mean, if this was a movie, probably streamed about half. But Superman only streamed 9.5 million. Meanwhile, 30 million from ours. Like, that's yeah. insane to me. Like, our, like ours is just, is, I think, is the one that stands. Ours and Jump and Fall. Are well, ours has a music video, me. too, right? Does it? Yes. I didn't know that. I feel like I remember. I yeah, it so. does. Yeah. I think it does. Well, because it's. Just, go ahead. People throw rocks at things that shine. I'm pretty sure it's like it's got she's like in an office it. and yep. she's like moving the stuff. Yeah. First thing is an office. First thing. Now, let me go off the tr- record really quick. Is this the only bonus track with a music video? Yeah. So ours is the only music video that legitimately has a music video and isn't just concert footage. All right, well, so wasn't ours a single? It was a promotional single. Yeah. So that's the reason. Yeah. Um, no, I, but I mean, that's still something like that's mm-hmm. still huge. And I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's a promotional single. So it's obviously promoted more than the other yeah. uh, bonus tracks and it had a lot more, but there's something like, there's something to ours because like, I don't know if I've, I've said it before. I don't really watch music videos. It's not like a huge, mm-hmm. it's not a huge thing for me, but I could visualize everything that happened in ours. Like in my head, there was always a music video to it. Cause I just knew it. Mm-hmm. Like there's something we might i don't know we might do an episode about it well maybe when we get to the song breakdown of four years when we do the one for speak now but ours there's just something about that song that's so special to me mm-hmm. and it's just it reminds it's like it's like our song but like matured a little bit like yeah. there's, it's, it feels like a different version of our song which probably just because they both have the word our in them but i don't know i i i that song does hold a special place in my heart um, but yeah, 30 million. That's the promotional single does definitely explain that though. Yeah. Which is good that we got that. I think jump and fall might have the same thing, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So that is the, the gist of how these songs have done. So we wanted to go through, do our top fives, uh, what our top five bonus tracks are. Uh, Devin, do, how do we want to do this? Do we want to do five, four, three, two, one? Let's do five, four, three, two, one. We'll do comparatively. Okay. Five five four four. Okay. Um, we also I went through based on the numbers. Like I said, numbers not perfect, but we're just gonna use it for this uh, to see the audience's top five. If your audience top five, whoever you are, Mrs. Mr. or Mrs. Audience that's listening, has a different one, please feel free to share it with us. Comment on the uh, comment on the YouTube video or send us a, uh, a chat or anything on Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. We definitely want to hear uh, your guys' opinions on these too. Uh, but my number five, shockingly, ours. <laughs> really good. My number five was If This Was a Movie, because honestly, underrated song. I listened to it again today, and it's just mm-hmm. perfection. Fun fact, uh, the name of this podcast was almost If This Was a Podcast. Really? Yeah, that was one of the, the oh, working wow. titles that I had for it, yeah. Uh, it was between that and We Need to Calm Down, and I think We Need to Calm Down is just strictly better. So <laughs> yeah. It's more accurate of our it's energy It's more accurate levels. of my energy entirely. Um, I have, I've had my boss tell me that multiple times. Uh, not even related to Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, if this, was a, if this was a movie, it's definitely – there's just like so, – there's just, I feel like there's just a different way that she wrote songs mm-hmm. in the, the Fearless Speak Now era 
that I yearn for and very much miss. Uh, audience top five, uh, number five was Come Back Be Here, which I think is really interesting. Honestly, that's probably like my number six. It was very really? close. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm trying to think. Of what, I'm, I'm, I feel like I want my number six to be on red, but I, I think if it was, it would have to be the moment I knew. My red, that's my red track. Honestly, I don't know why. And it's really, really sad. But I listened to all the bonus tracks again today. The moment I knew does not hit for me. It just, it sounds like I like, I kind of cringe when I listen to it. I'm like, oh girl, no. I, there's something about like, there's something about that like, um, I'm trying to think of the lyric that like goes with it. But like the, the and it was like slow, and like the the music just comes in and just like it feels like a crashing wave that comes in around you, and. I, I don't know why that just hypes me up and I love being ridiculously depressed. So it really works for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never experienced that emotion before. Um, but like we also mentioned that the moment I knew and come back be here, I forget which one is which half the time. Mm, I don't. One is oh, good. One okay. is not. <laughs> okay. Devin. Jeez. <sighs> no, they're both. All good. right. So number four, my number four is the lakes. Um, I don't know if it's recency and I feel like I had that problem with, with folklore as a whole, but I just really like the lakes. Yeah. I really like it. I do too. It's a little higher for me, but my number four is Wonderland. Which is a little higher for me. Um, We could just say, actually, this is perfect. We can just say my Wonderland is three and uh, Devin's three is the lakes. We just absolutely switched these two. Exactly. Um, and then Cuz they're so good mm-hmm. and they're both like they're just like Wonderland specifically. Oh, I love that song so much. There's just so much in it and I'm not a 1989 head. Uh it is one of my least favorite albums. Uh still great, but like Wonderland I think is one of my favorite songs on that album. It might be top 3 for me. Like it is really 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 good. Uh Wonderland is number 4 for the audience top 5 so Devin you nail it right on the head. Basic fan. <laughs> Number three uh, is ours. Mm-hmm. So I nailed that one. Um. <laughs> but you did it. It was five. <laughs> okay. Uh, our number two is the exact same. The other side of the door with your face in a beautiful light. <laughs> Yo, that, that is like... I think that's just like the thing that changed my life as a child is that ranting bridge at the end. I remember hearing that for the first time and going, and then it just ends mm-hmm. and it just ends. I was, I was beside myself. It was so, it was a, it was a revolutionary moment mm-hmm. in my, in my childhood and by childhood, I mean high school. Yeah. I was a late bloomer on that song. It was probably a couple of years ago that I listened to it for the first time, but I guess I was able to appreciate it more because it never left. As soon as I heard it, it was mm-hmm. top tier for me. But so the audience top three or top two track two is you are in love, which honestly bet trash. that might've also been my number six. Trash. I think Absolute you are, you are in love comes above, come back, be here for me, but such a good I song. do not like that song at all. I cannot Trash. stand it. Trash taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I know. I'm I'm well aware. I, it's that one and this love. Like those are the two. They always like. They're like come back be here the moment I knew for me. Like they're depressing. They're slow. They're sad. They're about love. Blah. They're not depressing. Have you not been in love? <laughs> this we've love. Been, and- we've been through this. Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> 
<laughs> but this love and you're in love, just oh, so good, so like you're in love. No, I remember. Um, I remember when she performed. Did she? Didn't she perform it in 1989? Yeah. I don't know why my voice got that high for that question. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear no, it in the silence, and she sings yeah, it live, and, she and would, just she would make you like sing it back to her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, that was cool. I still didn't like it. Um, but, but okay. that was, that was a cool way to do that song with a, with a callback. Um, what's your, uh, I hate you. You are such a basic fan. I am not. I just have taste. Nah, nah. I, I, I feel like I have a vendetta against this song and I like, it I definitely deserves to be in my top five, but I just refuse to put it in there on principle. Uh, number, what's your, uh, my number one, because we're not going to talk about it that much is jump and fall. We already did talk about it a lot. There's something about that guitar that like, I just love, love that intro. It's so fun. It's so upbeat and jovial. Uh, yeah, that's jump and fall hands down. Uh, my favorite bonus track, Devin, what's your totally left field out of the way that no one else knows. The correct answer to the best bonus track is New Romantics. It just comes out of nowhere. It is infectious. It is a fantastic party song. It just gets you up and going. New Romantics out of nowhere. Left field, just the beat. Infectious. Wonderful song. Best song. It should, best it bonus song. Single. 100% should have been a it single. Been a single. Mm-hmm. Should have been a single. Uh, that's going to be the new hashtag. Hashtag New Romantics should have been a single. Uh, it streamed the most uh, of any song on here and not even a contest even more than all of the the alternate versions of songs um it streamed 45.3 million times as it uh, should it it's huge uh and i get it like don't get me wrong it is a phenomenal song i don't know why i have this weird vendetta i guess i'm just like a wannabe hipster and don't want to like what everyone likes that sounds right in my crappy personality but um yeah, no, it, it's a phenomenal song. It is absolutely a great song, and it it it's it's just goes to show like it's a bonus track. It's a bonus track. Mm-hmm. No one hears New Romantics and goes, "Oh, yeah, no, that's like that's like number six or seven. Like, there's no way that's a that's an afterthought. Not only that, it's the I I think if this order is correct, it's the last bonus track. I think so, and on a banger. That's true. That's true. And on a and on a high note. Yeah. Um. So I think that that kind of makes it really obvious where Devin's best bonus track album falls. Listen, listen, and the audience agreed with me. It is also they the did. same. They did. So, 1989. I gave, good, I gave good statistical reasons for why the audience agreed with you. That kind of that disprove why it's just popularity. But whatever. Yeah. Go for it. 1989. Yeah. The three songs we talked about. You are in love. New Romantics, Wonderland. There are no skips. It is the best bonus track compilation on any album. Zero skips. Just so good. So great. And it's crazy. It's crazy to me. You know because 1989 isn't my favorite album, but those bonus Mm -hmm. tracks are my top album for it. See, the thing is with you, like the thing I don't like about You Were in Love is it 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 is slow. Like it is a very slow song, and I feel like when I'm in when I'm in Wonderland moment, I'm like, like I think it would be better if it was clean than You Are in Love than Wonderland than New Romantics because then you end on like high note, high note. Yeah. Like, well, you gotta you like, gotta have the highs and the lows to contrast you. You feel both things immediately. A good mixtape should should rise and fall. No, it should be all rise. That's a good How I Met Your Mother joke for the fans. 
Um, no, I, I, I'll give it to you. Wonderland and New Romantics are extremely high for me. Like they are both phenomenal songs. But I just, you, you, you were like you said, you were a late bloomer when it comes to Taylor, and I was very much Fearless Speak Now is my height of Taylor. And for some reason, no matter what she comes out with, be it Reputation, uh, anything Lover, any of those, like I love Lover and I love Folklore. Those are like amazing records to me. But Fearless Speak Now and Red are forever going to be untouchably the best things that she ever created. So for me, it's Fearless. Um, it was between Fearless and Speak Now, which was really a tough choice. But like Jump and Fall, Untouchable, which I recently found out and we're going to do an episode on this, is a cover. Mm-hmm. Which I remember I sent you Untouchable by, uh, what is it, Luna Coil or Luna Halo or some weird band. And I was like, listen to this. And you're like, what is it? And I'm like listen to it and you were like what <laughs> what is this and i sent it to a couple of my friends and they're like oh this is pretty cool i can jam with this i'm like yeah you're jamming to a taylor swift song even though she didn't write it yeah um untouchable is great come in with the rain honestly is like my sleeper track like i don't know why i was listening to it again today we made a playlist on spotify i'll link it in the description below um but it's it's just so good there's so much emotion in it and I really enjoy it. Superstar, eh, it's fine. Mm. There's nothing like it doesn't stand out. Other side of the door obviously stands out. Um, speak now. I really like ours. I really like if this were a movie. Mm-hmm. Superman is really good too. But yeah. there's just something about Fearless has has it outweighed for me. Red, I just don't. I like more of the the regular album of Red than I do the the bonus tracks. I so agree with for that. me, it's got to be Fearless. It's got to be Fearless. All right. Um, all right. So the last, I think the last thing yeah. that we have to go through right now is our favorite alternative versions of songs. So like we said, a lot of these bonus tracks were either demo recordings, pop versions, acoustic versions, like all these like extra extraneous versions of songs that were, they aren't original songs. They're just little tidbits or extras for you uh, to go through the quick list right now of what they are. Uh, Teardrops on my guitar, the pop version. We have Forever and Always, the piano version. We have Back to December, the acoustic version, Haunted Acoustic, Mine, the pop mix, uh, which is funny because they designate that as a pop mix and Teardrops is pop version. Uh, We have the original demo recordings of both Treacherous and Red, and we have State of Grace, the acoustic version. Uh, So those are all, it's all in all, it is eight songs. So we we only did the top three of these, what our favorite ones are. And I think these actually all uh, – we have one difference. Yeah. Uh, um, your number – what's your number three? My oh. number three. Everyone knows your number three. You love this song. It is. It's one of my favorites. Uh, my number three is Back to December, the acoustic version. I can't fault you for it. It's it's really great, and it and it streamed the most again because because Devin just goes with whatever is popular. She doesn't think for herself. Um, Don't. <laughs> no, it yeah, it streamed thirty eight point seven times, thirty eight point seven times, thirty eight point seven million times, which is astronomical compared to everything else. Like it, the only thing that streamed more than it is New Romantics. Uh, absolutely insane. Highly. It's great. It's really good. My only my only gripe with it is that it it didn't feel different enough, which honestly, back to December 
was the three because everything else just wasn't in my tops. That's fair. And that's yeah. 100% fair. Mm-hmm. Mine is forever and always. And I know you you weren't a giant uh, fan of the piano version. But there's, for me, there's just something about the emptiness of it because it is such a desperate song. It is mm-hmm. such like an emotional like just the the taking away all of the production of it and just having a girl at a piano singing it, I think adds a lot to the story, the feeling and the emotion of it. Yeah. And that it's not my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two thirds of the songs on this of, of this list are not my favorite songs. Um, but I think it I think this version adds enough to to warrant its its inclusion on as a bonus track. Well, I'd agree with that because if you think about the original version, it sounds more angry, desperation. It's very poppy. It's also very than, poppy. Yeah, like yeah. It's, this one is it's very no- kind of sad desperation. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Um, and then what's your number two, which is my number one? We just flip flopped on these for the next two, but so my number two is State of Grace, and my number one is Haunted. Absolutely nuts to me. My number, my number two is Haunted. My number one is State of Grace. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think I could flip it and be completely fine. Yeah. Um, but I think I think when I did this, it was very much trying to not take into account how much I loved the song itself, just mm-hmm. like the version of the song. And I don't like State of Grace. Uh, I think it's a fine song. I think it's an amazing opener. Uh, it definitely is the best song to open red. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, my friend, my friend really liked it because he said he's like it reminds me of you too, and I was like that's interesting, but okay. Um, but the acoustic, I think, it just changes mm-hmm. everything about the song. Like it is so gentle. It it takes it makes it so fragile sounding. Like it, it is a testament to like this is to me. State of Grace is the epitome of a. All right, let's try to change it up and see how this song plays in a different in a different light. Um, and yeah, I don't think any other song does it better. Like it definitely earned its place as a bonus track of something I wanted to hear another version of. Yeah. Uh, Haunted is one of my favorite songs of all time. Honestly, here's the thing: I never really got into Haunted originally. And then as I got older, I got into it more. But the acoustic version just hits different. Mm-hmm. I remember um, I when, when I first learned Speak Now and, like, was getting into it, like, I wanted to play guitar on it. But, like, it it was weird because you can't really play, like, electric guitar on anything and, like, acoustic's kind of weird. And playing Haunted on acoustic guitar was so much fun. And, like... Obviously, I wanted to. I wanted to play regular Haunted, but like I couldn't because I, I sucked at guitar. Dun, still dun, do. Dun, dun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like when they had the, the acoustic version, it was just like, oh my gosh! Like I'm feeling this. Yeah. Um, it, it adds so much to it, yeah, and like it does. It's same thing, like you said, with most acoustic songs and stuff like that. With like I said, with Forever and Always, it takes out all of the air in the song, and it gives you a very bare bones and like the echo of like a hollow room of mm-hmm. one person with a guitar feels haunted. Yeah. Like it, it really accentuates and adds to the song. And I think that's the thing. I think that's half the reason we didn't pick a lot of the other ones. Like we didn't pick mine pop mix or teardrops on my guitar. They sound like almost identical mm-hmm. to the one that came out. Um, if not overproduced in my opinion. Uh-huh. 
Well, that's the other thing is like you definitely have a better ear for it. Like we were talking about like the the demo versions of songs, and until today, I didn't. Re- I always knew I didn't like the red version, the red demo version, but I never understood why. And today, I was listening like, this is up tempo. Like this is a faster tempo, more production song. That's why I don't like it. The ad lib placements are just not. I'm not a fan of it. I want to do an episode on just her ad living because I have theories about that. But, uh, and then treacherous, it just doesn't sound, it just, they don't sound different. Yeah. Like, and, and it's a credit to Taylor because like, like we said, when we did lover, like this girl can wake up with lyrics or a tune in her head and just play what the end song sounds like. She's Why do we need good. a demo? Mm-hmm. Why do we need a demo? We already know what the song's going to sound like and it's going to be perfect. Um, so yeah, uh, so that is our, our top three alternate versions of songs, uh, that we think stood out amongst all of those. We wanted to do that separate from the original, uh, bonus tracks. Um, uh, so Devin, do we have, do you have anything you want to say before we close? No, I think we pretty much summed it up. We talked a good amount about it. We had another hour episode. It's been a while. Um, actually I think we had an hour episode last week. <laughs> uh, before we do close, I want to I want to just do one quick thing before we go into our outro spiel. Uh, it is uh, the last week of September while we're recording this. This is coming out on September 29th, I want to say. Uh, I just I'm sure everyone has heard this a million times, but I just want to encourage everyone to make sure that they are registered to vote. And if you aren't register uh taylor put out a huge psa with voter resources for national registration day uh i've linked those resources in the episode description on youtube and in the episode description on any podcast platform you're listening to please check them out know your early uh mail-in voting uh information all of that stuff have a plan to vote and make sure you're registered um yeah please vote (laughs) yes uh but other than that once you're done voting, or maybe before, it depends, uh, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, be it uh, Spotify, Apple. I swear I should have this down by now. Apple. All of them. There's so many of them. We're available so many places. If you're listening on one of them, subscribe to it, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, leave us If you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star uh, review and tell us what you like about the show. Tell us if there's something you want to see. We had people reach out to me and Devin directly say, hey, we'd love to hear about the bonus tracks. And that's why this episode happened. So if there's something you want to hear about, uh, we'll make it work. We're really excited for more content. Uh, We're going to dive back into folklore a little bit, but it was a really nice reprieve. And I'm so excited that we didn't for this episode. Um, But yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, Give us a review. Tell a friend about us. Mm -hmm. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at We Need to Calm Down Podcast. Twitter is WNTCD Podcast. We're also on YouTube, so you get to see our lovely faces and hear our lovely voices. Um, Leave a comment, subscribe, DM us, let us know what you think. We've been getting a lot of comments on YouTube, and we love responding to them. Um, So let us know what you think. Like, Like Joe said, if you thought that this was a great idea away from folklore and you want to see us do more let us know people love disagreeing with my hot takes on the youtube <laughs> yes <laughs> they do I cannot, call- I cannot fault them for <laughs> anyway uh we'll see you on thursday uh for our next episode uh until then come back we'll be here <laughs>